and strangers, does that not make you a serial killer? I didn't kill him every day, did I? Did I go out there every day and say, hmm, I'm going to kill him? If I did, there would well, be hundreds. Well, it took you 12 months. Then he rings up Rex again, and that's when I looked at him and I started sobbing. If I had shot my own children, would I not have done a good job of it? Because, you know, first of all, women generally don't commit crimes this heinous. Right. This is usually the domain of men. That's unfortunate. Hi, welcome to Murder Episode 5. I'm Danny. And I'm Gabe. And today we will be talking about Michelle Notek. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. We're going to go with it, though. <laughs> she went by Shelley. Shelley was born in Washington in 1954. And her father was a smooth-talking, handsome man. Her mother, however, was a depressive alcoholic who ended up giving her children to the father as soon as he married somebody else. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, she gave up her kids immediately. Um, uh, when he married somebody else, yeah. Like, the new wife didn't even know it was happening. Oh, so but she just dropped the kids off and was like, like "I'm out." Mm-hmm. And then left. To where? Why? Um, I mean, she, I guess I get the why. She was an alcoholic. Yeah, and she didn't live a good life. She got into drugs and prostitution. Like she just wasn't able to care for these kids. Yeah, the dad he owned like a bowling alley and a few elderly retirement homes. So he was really busy, so she probably didn't give him give the kids to him sooner because he was so busy, he just couldn't take care of them. But as soon as she could, she just gave him up. So there was Shelly, who was six at the time when she Shelly moved in with the new stepmom. And then there was her younger brother, Chuck. And it was immediately clear to the stepmom that Shelly was different. She would constantly berate her stepmom, and she controlled her younger brother to an extent where he wouldn't even talk. Shelly would talk for him, and nobody could explain why. If Chuck was alone, he still wouldn't talk. It was that level of control. Uh, a few years later, Shelly's mom died, and her third child moved in with them. His name was Paul, and... When Shelly learned her mom had passed away, she didn't cry, she didn't show any emotion whatsoever, she didn't even ask what happened. It's a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> and Shelly... Strong, strong person. <laughs> well, Shelly was extremely difficult as a child. She'd make up these outrageous lies about how her brothers had destroyed her homework, and she'd steal money from her parents and say that she didn't do it. And she would just go with these lies, even though it was blatant, like super obvious they weren't true. But she would just keep up with them. At one point, she was upset with how her brothers were getting more attention than her. So she broke up glass and she'd start putting them in the bottom of the shoe, her brother's shoes. And she did that regularly to the point where they'd have to check their shoes every time they put them on. And... Uh, her whole childhood was like this. It was just full of these really weird issues. At age 15, she told her school that her father had raped her. And it turned out to be completely false, but it pretty much 
just created this huge rumor around town that her father was like terrible and that stuck with him for quite a while and like almost ruined his reputation and she never apologized she didn't care about that at all she just did it for i mean i imagine the attention it was never really found out why uh at age 19 she married her first husband his name was randy they met in high school and he had moved away after high school but she said that she could get him a job at her dad's one of the retirement homes he owned so he came back for that job and got back with her and they married at 19 and uh during their wedding none of randy's family came and he later found out it was because shelly never sent the invitations to his family <laughs> she had only invited her own family <laughs> because she didn't want to deal with his and then in 1975 she had her first daughter with randy randy says that the marriage with shelly was not easy she drove them into debt she had no job and she would make randy sleep in the car outside at night and unsurprisingly he soon filed for divorce it was a really difficult decision for him to make because he did have a daughter with her and he didn't want to leave the daughter. He knew she would likely get custody. Right. But he had to make that decision because that relationship was just so unhealthy and detrimental to his health. So when he filed for divorce, Shelley countered by going on a spending spree with his credit cards and just driving him further into debt. Like, really badly a few years later when she was 24 she got married to her second husband named danny i know great name <laughs> and they she had her second daughter named sammy uh the marriage did not last long <laughs> there's not a lot of information about it but it seems like it was similar to the first one and danny just got over it and that was it Shelly next met a man named Dave Notek at a bar, and she dated him for a while, and eventually she told him she had cancer and probably wouldn't live to age 30. And Dave was a good guy. He had been in the military. He was handsome, and he had felt fallen for Shelly really, really hard. She was super attractive, by the way blue eyes I think red hair like yeah and so he married her he was he really liked her daughters he had worried if she died the daughters would end up in a foster home or something um when they married there's a woman at the wedding named Kathy Loreno who is Shelly's hairdresser and she will come they're really good friends they met because she was the hairdresser and built up the relationship from that um she'll come back into play later <laughs> you'll find out shadowy i know um so shelly treated this relationship similar to her past two she would just constantly insult him and tell him he was a terrible husband and a worse father she began to alienate him from his friends and family and she just took over his life but unlike the other previous husbands he stuck with it he stayed with her he didn't want to leave um, he was described a lot as a guy who just kind of goes with things. He just, like, takes what's given to him. 
And a quote from him is saying that he thought to take the kids and go, but you just didn't do that with Shelly. You can't. She wouldn't allow it. She'd hunt you down. So he stayed. Throughout this, Shelly had her own form of disciplining her children. She would hit her kids. She would force them to go outside in the middle of the night and stand in the snow. She would use all forms of mind games, like on Christmas, she'd give them whatever gift they had been hoping for all year. Just the perfect gift. And she would let them play with it on Christmas. And then sometimes it would be Christmas, sometimes it'd be the next day, sometimes it'd be like a week later. She would say they did something wrong, like leave a dish in the sink or something silly. And she would take that toy away from them. And she would put it in the upstairs closet where they knew it was. And she would set these traps, like she would put a piece of tape or something to see if they had opened the door and went to get there whenever she was gone. And she would pretend she was just all knowing. So she played these mind games with them that was just like on a kid would be you would believe it you'd believe right. she was all-knowing um and since she didn't have a job she had tons of time to think of these ways to <laughs> pretty much control their lives and just like torture them in october of 1988 shelly took in her nephew shane whose father was in prison it was her youngest brother he went to prison and it was his son. Shane spent most of his time doing chores when he arrived, but soon he began to be punished just like her just like the daughters for not doing enough work or for just stupid stuff, whatever Shelly could think of. So these kids lived just constantly in fear of being punished for who knows what. Sometimes there wasn't even a reason. And it was like that for most of their childhood, but in 1988, Shelly became pregnant with her third child. And at this time, Kathy, the woman who, the hairdresser was at the wedding, she lost her job and wasn't gonna be able to pay her rent. And Shelly was like, this is perfect. You can move in with me, we have an extra room, and you can help me out with everything I'm going through because I have cancer and I'm pregnant and these kids I have are a handful, especially this nephew I took in. And Kathy, who was described as a people pleaser, was like, absolutely, I would love to help out. This is like the perfect situation. And Shelly used this to her advantage. She would constantly tell Kathy how amazing Kathy was and how she needed her. And then she would turn around and say, Kathy's not doing enough. Kathy's like, tell her she's not helping, like how she took her in because she thought she'd be helpful, but she wasn't. Like she mentally just kind of destroyed this woman. It didn't matter how much Kathy did, it was never enough. And Dave, her husband, later mentioned that he thought it was a miracle she was able to have a child while receiving so much chemo because she had cancer, supposedly. Right. <laughs> Eventually, Shelly began to insist that Kathy take pills to help her because Kathy was de a little depressed, understandably, and she was also trying to lose weight. She was a little overweight. <laughs> and Kathy took them, 
the kids later say they noticed that after Kathy started to take the pills, she kind of became a shell of who she used to be. And after that, Shelly began to tell Kathy that she what Kathy was sleepwalking and eating all the food in the kitchen, which is why she wasn't losing weight. And also they couldn't afford to keep buying food because Kathy was eating it all. Um, and Kathy was like, this is definitely not happening. I'm, I don't sleepwalk. I've never had a history of sleepwalking and I don't feel like I'm eating more than usual. But she began to find like candy wrappers hidden in her room and like whole pies and like just stuff. And she was like, oh my gosh, maybe I am sleepwalking. So it was stuff like that that kind of happened and was obvious like Shelly was hiding the food in Kathy's room because she was drugging Kathy and then it was easy to go in and just hide stuff. But it was these mind games she did to slowly take over every like part of Kathy's life almost. She, um, Kathy didn't really have family that she talked to regularly already so she didn't really have a support system outside of Shelly. And then to be put in this position where she came in to help, it was really easy for Shelly to take advantage like that. And whenever Kathy did something that displeased Shelly, Shelly would take something away from Kathy. So at first it was like, it was, she would take away her, it was first her bathroom rights. Like if she wanted to shower, she'd have to ask Shelly. And then it was, if she had to go to the bathroom, she had to ask permission. And then Shelly started to just take away her belongings, like pieces of her clothes or anything she had brought. Shelly would just take it away as punishment. And it got to the point where Kathy had nothing left and she would just have to walk around the house naked in front of everybody. And it was, like Shelly did it on purpose to humiliate Kathy. So Kathy lost weight and had constant wounds from being beaten. Her teeth began to decay and fall out because she didn't have permission to wash them, brush her teeth. Her hair, since she was a hairdresser, she took really great care of her hair and she would like curl it and keep it really healthy and it started to fall out and Shelly eventually just chopped it off. Well, while Kathy was at the house, a lot of the attention was taken off the kids, which they all were grateful for. But I mean, even now they have mixed feelings about because obviously it was put on somebody else. As far as running away, Shane, the nephew, he tried to run away a few times and every time Shelly would take the whole family and they'd go out and they would look everywhere for him. Like even if it took days they would hunt him down until they found him. So there was no escape, like none of them really, none of them had cars. Shelly, or no, Kathy did have a car, but she never, she tried to run away a few times after Kathy, or after Shelly took away her car and they found her every time. So there's just no way to escape, it felt like. And in 1991, Kathy's mom, so this was, Let's see, she moved in in 88, 89, 90, like what, three years after she moved in? Right. I can math. 
1991, Kathy's mom was having surgery and her family tried to reach her. But Shelly told them Kathy had left to live with her boyfriend, Rocky. Kathy's family wasn't close and they pretty much gave up trying to find her. Um, Rocky didn't exist. Shelly made him up. <laughs> and as to, after a few years, Kathy had grown really, really weak. Her teeth were pretty much non-existent. She couldn't really eat because of that. I don't know if you've ever had any teeth issues. I haven't. I've heard it's extremely painful. It can just... Yeah. Braces. That's but I, I had all my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> um, her skin just pretty much hung off her. And Shelly, since she beat her, she sometimes like got wounds and stuff. Shelly would eventually give her baths just by pouring straight bleach all over her. And that started to almost decay her skin. Um so her wounds were constantly open up and the bleach stung when it hit them and she it was just bad she was in really bad shape and Dave he was pretty much gone throughout all this he worked five hours away so he so he lived in a tent at his job five days a week and then on the weekend he would drive back he was working crazy hours trying to keep up with Shelly's spending um, she said a lot of it was for her cancer treatments and stuff. I mean, I might as well tell you guys, plot twist, she didn't have cancer. She lied. <laughs> so, yeah, Dave was pretty much out of the picture. Sometimes he would come home and he would just kind of go along with whatever Shelly said. He once asked, like, why does Shelly look so bad? And Kathy was like, don't worry, I'm getting her better. Like, Yo, you mean he asked... Shelly, why Kathy looked so bad. That one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, and so she kind of just strung him along. And then after he asked about Kathy, he noticed that she stopped being around so much when he was there on the weekends. And in 1994, it got to the point where Kathy couldn't even walk and she passed away and it was just prolonged abuse. Her body shut down. Dave and Shelly immediately came up with a plan. Shelly told Dave that it was just natural causes and she was worried that the police would think it was them so they needed to cover it up and protect the family. Dave was like, okay, we'll deal with this. So Shelly took the kids to a motel as a vacation and Dave found a way to burn Shelley's body hot enough that it almost cremated it, and then he took the ashes and dumped them in the ocean. Shelley started to focus on Shane. She was like, he's not technically blood. He's not really part of this family. He's going to tell on us. And she just really, really focused on him and the abuse towards him and her oldest daughter really got bad during that time. Within a year, Shane mysteriously disappeared and she told that her kids that he had gone to Alaska to fish, work on like a fishing boat and Alaska or Nebraska, one of them. And um, I'm sure it says this. Anyways, so <laughs> he went to work on a fishing boat, and it was something he had mentioned previously, so she was really good at, like, 
bringing things up to the past from the past that we are like is it true like he did talk about that like so they all knew like he might have died she might have killed him but they hoped he did leave he got out and went to fish work on a fishing boat so when the oldest daughter nikki graduated high school her mom sabotaged her plans to go to college obviously and began to really escalate the punishment she gave her she called her like good for nothing she did terrible stuff made her sleep outside in winter in the snow she just awful and nikki eventually went to go stay with her dave's sister for a little bit and because shelly was so sick of her acting out what really happened was nikki grew up and she got bigger and she was like i can take her like i don't have to listen to her so shelly sent her away and nikki just never came back she got out and stayed far away eventually the middle child sammy also left she actually left for college she was always seen as the better child by shelly she didn't really ever talk back to shelly she just always was seen favorable it there's not really much of an explanation of why but so she left she went to college and there's only the youngest daughter left and with only one daughter left there's like plenty of room in the house to bring in another guest right so she brings in a man named ron to stay with them she met him through oh she briefly had a job it was great last of a month maybe and she met him and ron had lost his housing he was an older gay man he was just like in a really bad spot in his life so shelly being the amazing woman that she is took him in and he was extremely grateful a huge people pleaser and whenever shelly asked him to do anything he would smile and be like yes shelly dear of course and Shelly eventually began to insult him and ask him why he was being so mean if he refused to do something. And he was like, oh, I did not mean to come off that way. Of course I'll do it. So she did what she did to Kathy and she just took over his life and took away anything of his that he cared for to the point where she, he had no clothes. It was the same thing. Um, one of the worst things I read was she had him stand, well, first of all, she took away his shoes. He had no shoes, so he was constantly walking around with bare feet. So she had him stand on the second story of their house and jump off onto gravel and glass, broken glass, barefoot. And she had him do this for over an hour nonstop to the point where his feet were just like bloody stumps and then she cleaned them by taking boiling water and bleach and shoving his feet in there um i mean if that is not a form of torture i don't know what is <laughs> and in 2003 he died of just the prolonged abuse and torture that he suffered and he and Tori had been pretty close 
but Shelly had, like, torn that relationship apart. She told Ron that he wasn't allowed to talk to Tori, and he listened, because if he didn't, she would have done something awful to him. So after he died, Shelly sent Tori to stay with Sammy, her sister. Um, while she dealt with Ron's body, Tor uh, yeah, Tori didn't know that Ron had died, and Dave came home and buried Ron on their property while Tori was gone. He couldn't burn him like he did with um, Kathy because there's, it was like a drought year, and there's a no-burn thing going on. He didn't want anybody to call the police on him, <laughs> so he buried Ron. And while Tori was staying with Sammy, she went and also saw Nikki, and they... Nikki had gone to the police previously, by the way, before Ron died, but while Ron was staying with them, and the police just didn't follow up with it. So when they were all together, they were like, we, we need to take, like, we need to go to the police and deal with this, and they did, and... Shelly was arrested a little under a month after Ron died, and uh, Dave confessed to killing Shane. He did not go fishing. He shot Shane because Shelly was worried about him going to the police. It turns out he had pictures of Kathy and her, like, really terrible state, and um, he showed Nikki, and Nikki had told Shelly and wow. yeah and even later Nikki's like I don't know why I did I was just so scared it was a test like yeah so um Shelly was sentenced to 22 years in prison she will be released in 2026 Dave was sentenced to 15 years and I forgot to mention that all this information I got was actually a novel if you tell by Greg Olson and he interviewed all three of the kids he interviewed Shelly he interviewed Dave um yeah and it's a great book actually you should read it if you're interested and that's the wonderful story of Shelly that one was especially vicious <laughs> I know I honestly thought about not doing it because like I even took out like a lot of I took out a lot of the like awful stuff yeah. um but it is a heavy story yeah, that trumps the soap maker and pretty much anyone else and anyone else we've talked about in terms of Because nobody else we've talked about has really been interested in like straight up torture. Right. Yeah, it's been pretty quick in terms of how they killed people. Mhm. Mm but she it, it's almost like killing wasn't even the goal for her. Like really. I don't think it was because it was an inconvenience when they died. I right. think she just didn't think I don't know like she probably just didn't care I don't know she, well, she wanted that control yeah she, she clearly loved exerting control over people yeah there's a few quotes in there that were really just like hair raising that was just like the only time they really saw Shelly happy was when she was like torturing somebody so yeah but not her middle child no she did torture her middle child like but not as badly as the oldest got it. Nikki, mm. she just, like, had something against her. It was probably because Nikki showed some defiance. Not a lot, but, like, a little bit. I don't know. That So the book covers interviews with everyone, yes. pretty much. 
Um, yeah, so what he did was he, like, interviewed them. He got, like, all of their stories and then compiled it into one linear novel. And it has, like, quotes from all of them and stuff. But he does a really good job telling it. He, It's not just an interview. It's, like, a straight-up novel that tells a story. And it just has, like, quotes and stuff from them. Right. Yeah. The fact that she only got 22 years, though. It's insane. Like, I mean, and... Dave got 15 for shooting. I mean, I guess that's like straight up. He shot somebody versus Shelly, who was just like. Right. Abusing people. I don't know. The fact that it's so close, though. Mm hmm. Where. Shoot. I mean, they both committed murder. Yeah. But Shelly killed two people over the course of several years. And Dave. I, I, don't, I don't even know what to make of Dave. Who goes along. <laughs> so much with someone so dave i he i don't want to be rude okay you know what no he killed somebody i can be rude he seems like this really weak guy who just had no backbone like he just went around with whatever and he was happy to hear whatever shelly said because it was a reason to justify it and he was like yeah that's fine there's a reason and he yeah. hung on to that but he was in he was in the military right yeah. You would think they listen it would to take some amount of discipline or knowing right from wrong or I mean discipline for sure. He was super disciplined. He I mean he worked crazy hours to try to make Shelly happy and like all this stuff. Like he had discipline, but like in the military isn't it a lot of listening to your superiors and following directions? It is, but and and they got married in the sixties, the seventies? Uh, let me check. Hold on. Oh, no. She was born in the 50s. She was born in 54, and then in 75, she had her first daughter. So it was the 80s. A little bit before the 80s, late 70s. Yeah. I just... Something about that guy Um, really weirds me out. The fact that he was doing all of this for her, and... I mean, maybe it was just true love, Gabe. That's true. You know, they just they just met each other on a crowded street, and he knew she bar, was the one. In a bar, a crowded bar. <laughs> <laughs> and he knew she was the one. Yeah, he was. Uh, she went up and talked to him, and he was like, "Wow, I like she was attractive, and she turned all the heads in the bar, and she chose him to talk to." And she she cl clearly had a knack for picking these people out. For sure, yeah. I mean, even the first two, like how badly she treated them they were still in a relationship for over a year um right yeah ghosts everywhere. I, I it was probably the wind it's the ghost of Shelly, <laughs> even though she's alive um i don't think i'd be in a relationship with somebody i mean okay we can say that but we haven't been in an abusive relationship we don't know yeah she for sure some of the most horrific stuff that came towards the end and it, it, it's that kind of thing where you become accustomed to certain modes of torture over time. You yeah. begin to normalize it. Yeah. You see that with people who join cults, like Scientology, where they start <laughs> you off with like, oh, here's like a public speaking course or a course on like how to be better at business. Mm -hmm. And Shelley was really good at like making people feel like loved and mm. then turning it. She, she was great at mind games. Seemingly from the time she was 
born. Yeah. Because she was doing this to her younger brother. She was doing this at like age six. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly something was off from the beginning, which is interesting. But, I mean... Yeah, and uh, there wasn't actually anything about her brothers besides the younger one went to prison and mm-hmm. had a kid. But I have no idea what happened to the middle child, Chuck. I don't know. The one who wouldn't talk without her. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one I'm, I'm most curious about. Yeah, I have no... I think he didn't want to be included in the novel. And then even Googling yeah. him, not much, nothing popped up. I mean, you can't blame him. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be a so like. Ho- hopefully, he had like a good future, you know. And I would he was, hope. Yeah, and he just decided like, you know, I don't want to be in this narrative. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm out. <laughs> it's just, that's a lot of stuff to be put through so young to the yeah. point where Shelley was talking for him. I know. There's clearly something going on in that. Like, she did something to him to scare him so much or mm-hmm. control him so much. But nobody knows what. The um, stepmom who took them in, like, tried to talk to him. and Right. She never... Um, yeah, so... This I had a, a similar thought with the soap maker from... Uh, where was she from again? Italy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Where she kept finding husbands to murder remember it got to the point where she was like known no oh. that wasn't the soap maker that was that um the... no wasn't it no the soap maker she only killed three people to save her son from war gosh who killed a bunch of people i mean a lot of them did no i know god darn it babe. tilly Klemek. Mm. and she was born in Poland and moved there and yeah and people right. like yeah she did she was known as like the bad luck but she's still yes. found guys yeah. yeah Tilly right yeah yeah she, she, yeah how she came to be known for yeah like people would just die around her <laughs> and then guys would still line up to marry her and she and, wasn't even particularly attractive I mean uh yeah huh but I guess guys just like a bad girl. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, there's hope for me. <laughs> but that's, yeah, I mean, the torture for years to just like the way you described how it was Kathy, right? Um, yeah, Kathy was the first victim. Right. The way you described Kathy in particular being bathed with bleach mm-hmm. and and being all skin at towards the end there yeah that must have been horrific to go through over and over day after day one thing that really stuck with me was actually in the end when uh dave was being questioned by the police he like seemed genuinely surprised that bleach wasn't good to use so i mean shelly told him it was yeah why would he have questioned that yeah i just ugh. It kills COVID. I mean. <laughs> Just inject it, right? <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's a big brain move. I know. But, I mean, Shelley would just spend hours coming up with these new forms of torture. And it's just something else. She, I don't know. And the book starts off by saying that 
the daughters are worried when she gets out like they're worried she's gonna she, they don't know what she's gonna do rightfully so i don't know how she didn't get life oh for sure she killed two people like, like i think she killed three at like shane she convinced, right like what about that woman you remember that woman who convinced her boyfriend to commit suicide yeah over the text messages yeah on the phone like didn't she get prison right yeah she did yeah so it should count she killed shane too it's just who knows the right judge or in this case the wrong judge i mean ugh, you get why i was like should we do this one? yeah you know i i find myself a little at a loss for words because there's not a whole lot i think to dissect no. this isn't a special I, the other murderers were interesting they had a hook well it, also you sort of like you know they wanted money mm-hmm. or to they like were their... just tired of their marriage yeah although those were pretty rough too because in many but it's still like a reason like she right yeah it was a reason you know they had as twisted as it was they wanted out of a marriage they wanted money they wanted to be popular they wanted who knows yeah something attention and she just seemed to want to torture people yeah in creative ways i don't know where she could have ever fit in society in a healthy way I mean, I don't think she did. She couldn't hold a job. She tried a few times, and it just she couldn't. And then, right? Um, like, what do you what do you do with someone like that? I mean, clearly from a young age, she was just like this. Yeah, and they tried sending her to a uh, what are those schools called where you live there? Oh, like a boarding school. Yeah, they tried sending her there, and she got kicked out. Rightfully and, so. Yeah, she got kicked out of a few schools, and. Yeah, there really wasn't anywhere for her. More, more what I mean is, I mean, yeah, but I, I guess I'm not familiar, even in modern times, of any type of treatment that would have, in any meaningful way, helped someone like that. No. That's just, I mean, that's I mean, a that's next level. Psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. They just, they are predators of people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. She definitely should be in prison forever. Yeah. Because, I mean, what, what, she's going to come out and she's going to do the same thing. Like, she's not... Dave, I think, divorced her. I'm not positive on that. I didn't really address it, but it sounded like he's done with her. So she's probably <laughs> going to find a new guy. Yeah. And, gosh, how old will she be when she gets out? So she got sentenced in 2004. If she's 50, she's got to be pretty old. Even by the time she was sentenced... Right, so probably I mean, too old for kids, right? Yeah. Okay, that's good news. Yeah, no, no more kids. <laughs> Although she could always, she could adopt a new identity and like foster kids. I mean, you you know. No. She, she could. No. They would, like, they would like fingerprint her, right? I guess, I hope, but I also would have thought they'd give her life. That's true. For torturing and murdering two people. Yeah. And ordering the murder of a third. Yeah. So I'm not entirely sure. And she she's just too dangerous to be let out. Like, really? You oh, can't... yeah. The, I mean, I just don't get it, to be honest. Like, yeah. then, uh, I don't know. The Honestly, if the police had followed up when Nikki originally went to the them when Ron was there, uh, he probably could have been saved. 
Yeah. Poor kid. Poor all, all of them. Yeah. So he wasn't a kid. Except he for was, Dave. He was like in his 50s. Yeah. Sorry, well, I was thinking thinking of the... Uh, Shane. Shane, yeah. That one. That one was tough, yeah. Because Shane, he... Yeah. He, he was like young and he had like a hard past already. And he was so excited to move in with what he thought was like a good family. And it turns into this. Yeah. There, this... I'm always a little fascinated by how these psychopaths are able to pick out their victims. Mm-hmm. There's this, the story, maybe you were told the same story, In I was told this in my undergrad, of how they put a group of people in a room. One of them was a serial rapist, and one of the women had been a victim of rape on many occasions, and they found each other like very quickly within that room and it was told to us as like an example of how these types of people just have a a, like a keen sense for what their victims are like that's so weird i wonder what did they ever ask him like why he chose that person i don't recall i mean this was now a while back but much like in shelly's case where she she seems to always find a willing husband, at least for a time. Yeah. I mean, with or, Dave, she nailed it. Yeah, or even like guests in her house. They were both people in these right. bad situations, and they were so thankful for her. Yes. Yeah. So, I do you happen to know? Well, when you, you read the book, but do you know <laughs> if the author ever asked her how she knew? Uh, he did not. Not that was in the book, at least. Got it. Yeah. I, I am curious. I mean, you, you mentioned they were both Kathy and and. Uh, Ron. Ron. Yeah. Kathy and Ron were both people pleasers. Mm-hmm. So that's like one personality aspect. But what about the rest? I, I just, I wonder how she spotted them so well. Yeah. I mean, if you or, think about Or if yeah. we're all susceptible to, or maybe like any people pleaser could, you know, in Shelley's home have eventually been turned into someone who's willing to jump off a roof. Yeah, I feel like that's the most important aspect is somebody who is in a bad situation and feels extremely grateful and they're also somebody who is a people pleaser. Like, those two things added up is huge. But, like, I mean, can you think of anybody in your life you'd be like, yeah, I could probably take complete control over them? Can't say I've ever given it much thought. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither until now. I guess, like, a dog not a person but like you could just you essentially control every aspect of your dog's life uh, i wish i could control my dog <laughs> yeah like pets for the most part really like our pets yeah we control kind of where they go and when they eat and how much they eat anarchy's eats whatever he wants his bowl's only his food <laughs> the vet's like danny you gotta stop but he's fine he's losing weight it's all good it's all the exercise he gets breathing mm-hmm yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, but like, no, it's just, I just, yeah, and she's still alive. That's so crazy. Why? Because she's alive and she will get out alive and, and wait, yeah, and soon, you know, and yeah, soon. And then, what will she do? What's her first move? I'm, I'm sure she put some thought into this. Um, I it didn't really say if the kids testified. Or not. I'm curious about that. And also, it never really 
said if she knew they're the ones who went to the police because the way it went in the book was like they kind of played dumb like they didn't know they pretended not to be the ones who went to the police and when she called them and was like what's happening they're like we have no idea yeah, so but she'll know when she gets out. Yeah, for I sure. Mean, I'm <laughs> There's sure, the whole book about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you can. I'm sure she bought the book or oh, yeah. at least heard about it. Oh yeah, for yeah, that's and, a good point. So she knows they turned her in, and like, yeah. she's already been to prison. She's gonna get out. She has nothing to come back to. Like, who's to stop her from just going to their house and killing them? Right. Like that's yeah. not really her mo right now. Exactly. But. As revenge, she definitely seems as somebody who would want revenge. No doubt. And this is kind of like the the bathtub girls where it just ends with, and they're still out there. <laughs> and they walk around. They walk among us. I know. Almost like there's a pattern for female murderers. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> that is. A, actually, we were watching, uh, there's this YouTube channel called Jubilee. Mm-hmm. And we were watching this uh it was, it was like a whole like feminist talk to men's right activists and try to find a common ground. Mm-hmm. And the most, you know, the men's right activists, one of them was an incel. So he's just, you know, his whole for argument. those of us who don't know what an incel is. Right. So they are people who call themselves incels because they are involuntarily celibate. And they essentially, Elliot Roger, I mean. Who has not a common name. Who, if you're not in Santa Barbara. Oh, uh, I don't know. He he made some headlines. But if you're the... Yeah, they're, they're a group of men who blame are frustrated women. and blame women for their inability to get a date and have sex. So instead of doing the crazy thing, like working on yourself, they decide, you know what? I will turn to violence and that'll fix things in some way. But I guess to be fair to the incel kid, his... He bothered me. He didn't seem especially violent in his actions, but he was talking about how the 50s were like a great time because that's when like men and women were happy. And, you know, he had some really uh, not how I it's not how I describe the 50s, but exactly. All right. But there was a point one of was he white? If, yeah okay there we go <laughs> you know and he was like like not not to rag on his appearance but you know he was like an overweight kid with like greasy hair and yeah like okay. there were clearly things he could address yeah other than to tell women to their faces that they should be back in the 50s i don't know he sounds like a keeper to me yeah i mean if shelly could get, could get husbands i don't know yeah but one of the things they said was that uh, women tend to get lighter prison sentences. And I do wonder if that ends up playing a role here where we're a little more sympathetic towards women. Um, yeah, isn't there studies about that? Yeah, I believe there are. I mean, Shelley for sure should have gotten life in prison. If, yeah. If she was a man, I think her sentence would have gotten way worse. I mean, 22 years just isn't that long. No, I mean, not for, yeah. If she had killed those people, like like her, her nephew was sh- shot. Yeah, so and, like if she had directly, right, like easily without, yeah. Exactly, but like she's, no, like that's not what she does. Yeah. She tortured two people for years. Which is way worse. 
Right. And then 22 years and I mean, she'll, how old will she be when she gets out? She will be probably 70. Um, I was trying to do the math, but I'm not a math major. She was born in the early 50s, right? So she was born in 54 and then she was caught. You don't have a calculator. Yeah. Well, what, what year will she get out? Uh, 2026. So she will be 72 years old. Okay, well, look at the math yeah. quiz over here. Um, yeah, yeah, so, I mean, she still, what, probably has, like, 20 to 30 years of life. Right, 54 to 26, right? 2026? 2026. Yeah, so, yeah she'll, she'll, yeah, she'll be 72 years old when she gets out. She could very realistically live another 20 years Yeah. with modern medicine. Easily. And then it's like, and I, I mean, mean, granted, she'll be older, so... She's not. She has no life experience. She's not going to hold a job down or anything. But and she couldn't even hold one down when she was younger. Yeah. Right. But you know, I'm sure the, there will be some sort of program she'll go into and be taken. You would care think, of. but this is America, so True. she'll probably be released and be yeah. like, "Well, okay, well, good luck. she might be able to just land a new husband." At seventy. Maybe. Go to like an old folks' home. And be like, "Sup? <laughs> Your <laughs> wife is dead. I'm here." <laughs> I mean, would you put it past her? But why would... I don't know. I just... I can't see what... I just don't know. I'm so curious what she's going to do when she gets out. Like... Right. She's an evil person. Yes. And... I... Yeah. I really think she's going to go after her daughters. Yeah. She definitely holds a grudge. And I wonder if she'll play mind games with her kids she'll pretend like hey i've changed prisons reformed me Oof, i don't know if and then poison their food <laughs> believe her yeah yeah i mean she's your mom like they're gonna probably want to right maybe i don't it's tough yeah and then i just i, I just don't know if i would put anything past her right now i think it's possible she could get remarried because I guess that's kind of the thing. Yeah, like, it, and it, this is not how the, the U.S. prison system works. But mm -hmm. ideally, prison is supposed to be a way of, like, paying for your crimes. Right. Um, more often than not, and, you know, and lead to, like, some kind of rehabilitation. More often than not, it just makes people better criminals because <laughs> they have to now resort to crime to survive. Yeah. But she... I guess, yeah, I just, I don't see it as impossible for her to get out, somehow manage to get remarried. And even if all she did was she secure her financial future or secure a future where she just got to live out an okay life for the, ne the next 20 years, mm -hmm. still too good for her. Yeah. And it's like, what kind of justice is that for the three people she played a hand in killing? Yeah. It's just, it's awful. And then with... Uh, Shane, he did the same thing where they burned him and put him in the ocean. So, right. I mean, there's, yeah, it's sad. So, this was a depressing one, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Usually, um, good job. Good talk. Thanks good job. for listening. Yeah. And we end it. Yeah, and that was episode five. <laughs> Next time I won't choose something so depressing.
If you liked this episode, follow us on Instagram at murderher.podcast or go to murderher.com. That's M-U-R-D-H-E-R. Thank you.